Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Managing Editor of Branded Content. I'm sorry to do this again to you, but remember last <laughs> week when I was like, I got to talk about something before we talk about everything else? Yeah, Can I, love I just it, though. talk about something real quick before we talk about everything else? Yes, uh, yes. And I know it's like not technically streaming yet, but I just went to the movies and I went and saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, starring Michelle Yeoh. Okay. From Crazy Rich Asians. And it was mind blowingly good. It's the best movie I've seen in years. It's a very, 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 oh my God. very good movie. I know it's not in streaming yet, it's in the theaters, and it's going to be in streaming at some point, obviously. I don't even want to describe it, mostly because I can't, because it's like very confusing. But it's beautiful, and it's epic, and you should go see this movie. Just want to put that oh out my there. God. It's not streaming, but you should see it anyway. And we'll talk about it more when it is streaming. I love that. Sorry to put that out in the world so early before we even got to our, our TV no, and I love it. movie options. Um, but we do have a lot of to actually get to today. So, we have... Viola Davis as Michelle Obama. A female-led courtroom drama that'll suck you in. Renee Zellweger's unforgettable season finale. And the Apple TV Plus show that no one is talking about. All right, shall we dive right into the news? This just in. This week's streaming news. No Netflix, people are not still watching. Earlier this week, the streaming giant announced the loss of 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter. This marks the first decline in paid users in more than a decade. And in after hours trading, Netflix stock tumbled by more than 25%. With their current projections for next quarter, they're expected to lose 2 million subscribers. Hulu, anyone? Attention fellow Marvel stands. This week, the Mickey dropped a trailer for the upcoming Thor, Love, and Thunder, and it gave us a shocking reveal. In the final seconds of the trailer, we see the return of Natalie Portman as, gasp, Thor, or at least her own version of Thor. What does it mean? We'll find out when the flick hits theaters July 8th and then subsequently lands on Disney+. Bridgerton season two fans rejoice. We've finally gotten the validation we deserve. Netflix revealed the second season has broken records with just over 627 million hours watched as of April 17th, making it the most viewed English language TV series. Wowza. Well, dear listeners, it seems as though Anthony Bridgerton has won the social season. Could there be a Mad Men spinoff in our future featuring none other than Sally Draper? Actress Kiernan Shipka told Entertainment Tonight, quote, I'm not done with Sally. When asked what the Don Draper daughter spinoff might look like, she said, I don't think she'd be in New York. I think she'd do L.A. Hopefully Netflix was listening to the interview. No offense, AMC. Oh, I would be so pumped for that. I would be so pumped for a Mad Men spinoff. But I do kind of want to talk about this Netflix story that you mentioned. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is very big news. So the New York Times just had this new piece out titled Netflix's stumble could be a warning sign for the streaming industry. And I th think it's kind of interesting, right? Like, I mean, there's so many streaming services now. Are we reaching a point of streaming service fatigue? Yeah, I mean, we could be. That's a good question. Honestly, like even just going through all the shows and streaming platforms, it's a lot. It's very overwhelming. Like how many subscriptions are we really supposed to have? Right, it's exactly. kind of mind boggling how many there are. It is. If for this to happen to Netflix, I feel mm -hmm. like it's kind of a big, you know, just... Yeah, and I think that was kind of the point of, point of the New York Times article was it is it 
everybody, like a, every other streaming services like Yahoo, Netflix is getting knocked down a peg. But at the same time, should they also then be panicking like, oh, we're about to be next? Um, because right after that headline came out, there was also another report that was breaking that CNN Plus. Have you heard about CNN Plus? No. Obviously not. Because it's a, it's a brand new it's a brand new streaming service. It launched just a few weeks ago, and they're already shutting it down, according to these reports. Oh my so gosh! So that's not a, it's another not good sign uh, for the streaming industry, and it's just something to keep an eye on. I mean, obviously, I'm super happy and super pumped that they're no pun intended was super pumped. The show I talked about last week that I hated. Uh, <laughs> I am super happy and super pumped about you know all these things to watch, but it's a little annoying that. You know, I have to pay for Apple TV Plus and Peacock and Paramount and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime Video. And I mean, it's just nuts. HBO Max, Showtime. Like, this is crazy. Oh, my God. The list is literally never ending. It's never going to end. And this is nuts. They need to come up with some sort of package deal where you get you know <laughs> like what five that is. of your You know your what that is? That's cable? a cable subscription, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's going to end up happening is they're all going to have to team up and offer these cable subscription packages. And we're all going to swing back the other way where we just have cable. It just is a streamable cable option. It's oh, man. very silly. It is. Anyway, something to keep an eye on. Let's dive right into the hits of the week. The hits of the week. So before we get into our hit choices, I know you and I both wanted to talk about one show that had their season finale this week. Yes. Uh, or last week. The thing about Pam finally oh. finished up. What did you think about this finale she pamela hupp is just an interesting wild baffling person as i was watching the series i the limited series i just couldn't believe that the story was getting like wackier and wackier as it it yeah. almost just didn't seem i just can't even believe it's a real story and it's so sad for all of the people that were involved but i really don't even know what else to say because she's just such an odd crazy being yeah it's two things like there's the amazing performance of Renee Zellweger and she's clearly getting an Emmy nomination yes. for this. But there's also this real life person that this is based on. And I do think this is different. So, you know, last week when I was talking about how we were glamorizing bad people on TV with like Super Pumped and The Dropout and Inventing Anna, I think this show does not glamorize this bad person. I think it actually paints her to be a very terrible person with no redeeming qualities. And I love that. I mean, yeah, Renee agreed. Zellweger doesn't look like a beautiful movie star as this character. It is actually intentionally the opposite where she's wearing prosthetics, you know, and I I think that makes this enjoyable and less like, oh, why are we giving attention to this bad person? It feels the opposite of that in this case. Yeah, I agree. I and and while watching it, too, it made me so angry just about I don't know if you watched Making a Murderer, the Netflix documentary like years back, it kind of reminded me of that, how like the the town, their police department and the lawyers and everything just don't, it, ugh, that frustrates me so much yeah. that they just don't want to give anyone a fair case. And it, if you haven't watched The Thing About Pam, go watch it. It's on Hulu. I think it's only six episodes. Uh, it's just, it's so good. Yeah, it's really it was really great. And so let's dive in. So great news to report on my end. I did not watch anything that I didn't like this week. And I mean, it was bound to happen at some point, but so I have no misses. So wait, I'm Phil, I don't either. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. So let's skip misses. Forget okay. misses. This is, oh my gosh, Rachel. Wait, I feel like we need to have some sort of sound effect if we go through the whole week without having a miss, because I think like, that's a pretty good win. Like fireworks or like, an, yeah. an, an, you know, like, or like an, angels. A, like, oh. Yeah, I like that. We'll, we'll do our own. 
used in the sound effect. <laughs> yeah, for us. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have a couple of hits, but we can oh. dive right into our our only hits of the week. You know, I love yeah, this. This is exciting. Okay. So I watched the First Lady on Showtime. Okay. Have you have you d- d- dived dove in yet to this? I have not, but I um I've heard of it and it looks good. It's good cast. Yeah. So I super recommend. So it's Viola Davis who plays Michelle Obama, Michelle Pfeiffer plays Betty Ford, and Gillian Anderson plays Eleanor Roosevelt. And the show jumps through time and it follows each of the three presidents' rise to the White House and their presidency, but it's told through the lens and the perspective of the first ladies. So what I liked about it, I mean, it's obviously you just know, just looking at those names is the performances. They are incredible. I think that in addition to Renee Zellweger, these three ladies are all going to be battling it out for Emmys this year. So if the producers of the show are smart, what they'll actually do is they'll probably split them over to let over best actress and best supporting actress, mm. even though they're all clearly the lead actresses of the show. They'll probably try to do that. Um, but it's a fascinating story without being boring. It's a totally unique perspective on history that I feel like gets totally ignored where we, you know, and you always like hear like the woman behind the man, like that, like stupid term. Uh, and I, it's really great to see that this isn't about the man. And it it is about actually how these super intelligent women who made history in different ways had to walk this fine line between being super supportive and giving up their own dreams and also then making their mark on the world, which all three of them clearly do. Uh, and we reviewed it for Pure Wow. And the Pure Wow review did give it 4.5 out of 5 stars. Mm. So I, I think the buzz is good. It's only one episode out. It comes out every Sunday. Each episode uh, drops on Sundays uh, on Showtime. So I definitely think you should catch up this week and check out next Sundays. It was really great. Okay. I am so happy that Michelle Pfeiffer is back oh, because I yeah. feel like she took a break for a, a long time, but I always loved her. So I'm oh, happy. I'm excited Cat about that. I mean, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer is incredible. She can do no wrong in my book. Yeah. She also hasn't aged like at all. She looks amazing. Oh, she looks incredible. And she's really good in this as Betty Ford. She really is. It's a really nuanced, incredible performance. There was some like weird backlash. I don't know if you saw the backlash about Viola Davis, though, that was happening. I don't think so. This makes me crazy. So like the next day, like in conservative news and conservative Twitter, there were people commenting about how she was overly pursing her lips in her characterization of Michelle Obama. (sighs) And I was like, why are we even talking about this? This is such a gross distraction from what is an incredible performance and an incredible story about an incredible woman. I, the only reason that it's even coming up is because we know Michelle Obama, whereas like I have no idea what Betty Ford acted like or looked like. And I have no idea what Eleanor Roosevelt acted like or looked like. Yeah, so it's the only reason is because Michelle Obama is the only one who's like a contemporary figure. But like Ugh. people can't celebrate a powerful black woman telling another powerful black woman's story. They've got to find some way to distract or discredit it. And it's like. Please, everyone, shut up about <laughs> the way she was pursing her lips. It is so unimportant. And there are so many more amazing things about this story that I think will be lost if we focus on things like that. People just want to complain about everything. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what yeah, I've exactly. learned. I mean, and we do it each week in the misses, but not this week because we don't have any misses. Yeah. So tell me one of your hits. So one of mine is Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix. Yes. It, yeah. Did you watch? I did. Tell me okay, that. I just finished it, and I didn't realize I even got to the last episode. I like flew through it, but it has Sienna Miller in it um, from The Girl on the Edge of Love, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey, Rupert Friend, who I loved as Peter Quinn in Homeland, um, and it's just about this. 
it's kind of a he said she said story and he Rupert Friend plays member of parliament and he gets accused of rape by a former coworker but also his mistress so there's like that aspect to it the whole thing is basically it boils down to consent and like just the nature of consent and i is it the best show i've ever watched no but it got me thinking and I just want to read a quote from Sienna Miller because this... Please. So she's said this to Vogue. It's surreal how much debate there is around what consent actually looks like. It's about promoting discussion rather than winning arguments. In the end, if it starts a conversation, then we've done our jobs. And like, I just think that quote resonates so much because I I have, I've been thinking about this and just the whole story about the he said, she said. And what did you think of it? I agree. I think think the the underlying issues being discussed are really fascinating and important. And I, I like that this is a female-led yes. story, yeah. uh, a female-led cast. We're really, like, Rupert Friend is kind of, like, secondary. And the way they paint the gross culture of, like, young men growing up, especially in this, in Britain, in the, like, higher echelon, like, on their rise to what eventually will be parliament jobs or prime ministerships yeah. and all of that other stuff, you see how, like, gross that, like, frat, energy is surrounding Ugh. everything and then how then like rape and consent and sex and all those things get wrapped into that which is inherently going to happen when you have a bunch of young horny wasted hot messes who feel privileged and like they are they can get away with anything and they I feel like they do a good job of depicting that and it's really it is an interesting thing it, I mean I don't think I'm not done I'm halfway through the series but it okay. does feel like they're setting it up that it's clearly whether or not I don't know what happens at the end of the trial uh, yet, but I it's clear that they're painting men to be the bad guy in this story and that like he should have gotten consent. You know what I mean? Like like more right. explicit consent. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is I don't think they're painting a like I don't think it's a, a 50-50 we're going to walk away being like, huh, I don't know who's at fault. I do think it's clear who's at fault. Yeah. But I do think the issue of consent is an important one that they're talking about. Yeah, you know, forefront of the episode. I just thought series. it was, yeah, it was just very interesting how it was all. And I love the way that it shot. The other thing that I loved about it was the way that the British courtroom, I guess, is. It's just very yeah old school. They still wear the wigs, the barristers, which is the type of lawyer in England. They have the wigs on. And I, I Googled it because I was like, why do they wear these wigs still? And I found out that they basically wear them because they want to kind of be like anonymous and they're representing a person or the court and kind of like a bias thing, I guess. Interesting. So like they take their personal personality yeah, out of it and they're all the same because they're all wearing yes. the same. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which I thought I was like, oh, OK. But I just cool. I just liked seeing them disrobe every like those black yeah. robes that they have on and the, the little white thing and the wig. <laughs> I just and loved so, it. I also think what's interesting about like I clearly should have known I was going to like this and you probably too because it's from David E. Kelly who has made some of my favorite shows. Ally McBeal, Boston Legal, Boston Public, The Practice and obviously Big Little Lies recently and then also Melissa James Gibson who worked on House of Cards. So all of those shows are kind of like this show. Like it's got some quirky elements but very serious themes uh it's like dramatic but also like a lot of the things i just listed are like involve legal stuff yeah you know what i mean like it's like the david e kelly special uh and then like house of cards kind of is the american even though house of cards was based on a british show uh house of cards the american version 
it's kind of that same like scandal after scandal that we're getting here in Anatomy of a Scandal. I really, I really enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah, it is. And this this is based off a book, um, a best-selling book by Sarah Vaughn. I did read that it's gonna be an anthology series. I don't know if that was confirmed, but I'm kind of interested to see if if they do a second season, if it would be something different. Um, so I guess time will tell. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it was confirmed. I just read that somewhere. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm super excited about, I haven't watched it yet, but the second season of Russian Doll dropped this week. Did you watch the first season? Okay. So, of course, I watched the first season. It's so good. It's so uh, good. The first season. I haven't started the second season yet. Oh, and I, I haven't do want to talk about it. But we did review it for Pure Well. Oh, no. I know. So I haven't watched personally, but, you know, uh, our senior editor of news and entertainment, Greta Hedgenis, she did review it and she only gave it 2.5 out of five stars. So I'm hoping we like it anyway. And perhaps it's a slow build because that was only based on the first two episodes of the season. Okay. So perhaps the whole season, the season as a whole will, you know, fare better. But I did love that show with Natasha Lyonne, obviously, uh, where she's like stuck in a time loop. It was like one of the most fun things on Netflix that I saw. And it felt like it was, I was going to say, it felt like it was 500 years ago that (laughs) that the first season came out and then it just kind of disappeared and then randomly like the new season's out. So Oh, man, I'm bummed to hear that, but I'm going to have oh, I'm going to report back. Let's yeah, both report, I'm gonna report back. I'm, we're going to report back. This is our okay. homework. Yeah. OK. And look, maybe next week we will have a miss section, but maybe not. Ideally, maybe. we don't. Maybe we just never have misses again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be so nice? Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to not complain about television and only say, like, please watch this and this. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of anthology series, uh, I am watching Roar on Apple TV+. Plus. So this is an anthology series, but like different than, uh, but per episode, like, like each episode is like a new story, kind of like Black Mirror, where it just kind of resets for the episode. So each episode tells a different feminist fable and features a different mega star actress in the lead role. So you can kind of sit down and watch any episode of Roar in the season. You don't have to have watched the others to understand what's going on. They're individual stories. And the star power is incredible. We're talking Issa Rae, Nicole Kidman, Betty Gilpin, Cynthia Erivo, Merritt Weaver. Alison Brie, Mira Singal, and Fievel Stewart uh, are the stars of each of the episodes. And it is really, it's a slow burn, some of the episodes, but it's really solid acting, really deep themes, lots of symbolism, but the episodes are all short and digestible. So some are heavier than others, but they're only like 30 minutes. So they're really easy to just like digest and watch. And episode one features Issa Rae in a fable called The Woman Who Disappeared, about a black woman whose story and identity is kind of being co-opted by powerful white men in Hollywood. Uh, And then episode two is Nicole Kidman, which is a really good episode. And it's this really beautiful and touching story called The Woman Who Ate Photographs. And she (laughs) literally eats photographs in the episode. I'll let you watch to find out why and what happens. Um, But I think my favorite of the three episodes is episode three. And it stars Betty Gilpin, who was in Glow, Netflix's Glow, the wrestling show. And it's called The Woman Who Was Kept on a Shelf. And it's told in a fairy tale style, all about a woman who she kind of values beauty above all other things. So she lives on a shelf so that her husband can look at her all day. Um, <laughs> like she's some sort of doll or piece like of art. Like a trophy wife? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, it's symbolism. Yeah. And it's just a fabulous performance. And it's so interesting to watch a great actress, Betty Gilpin, watch her go through the motions of like, ju- or the, the like mental leaps of like, Okay, yeah. He asked me if I would sit on a shelf. I guess I guess I could do that. And like then learning to love it and then realizing the problems with it. It's a very fascinating way that like something that seems absurd 
feels very like real and like, oh, I could see how a person could do this when you watch <laughs> the episode. It's very cool. I really yeah. like it. Um, I watched the first moving. episode. You did um, with Issa, Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. I love I love her so much. Oh, Anyone yeah. who hasn't watched Insecure on HBO, go binge it. It's so so good. I I I was thinking about making this my miss this week, but mm. I haven't. I have to watch more episodes before I can like fully give it a miss. I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of have mixed. It was good. I just wasn't hooked in. I don't know. I just feel like as a woman, like. I know the struggles that like everyone women mm-hmm. deal with. Like I don't need to be watching it. It's kind of like when you were talking about like the bubble with like the whole COVID thing. We're mm-hmm. living it. Like why I don't need to watch it. I'm also really bad at metaphors. I must admit. So <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's a valid point. Like if you're if you're living something, do you really want to be watching something? Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I mean I think that's a valid valid point. The cast is great and. Obviously, a good cast always gets me, as I always say. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it because the episodes are so short. If they were yeah. longer, I don't think I would. But I'm excited to see the Nicole Kidman win. And I was, lo- I love the description of the show where it's so it's like the title. The first one is the woman who disappears, and then the description is a woman disappears literally. <laughs> Like, I mean, oh my it kind gosh. of is like that. That is the description for all of them. It should be because it is the title is what happens. The woman sits yeah. on the shelf. The woman eats photographs. Like I mean, it, that is the thing. It just made me laugh. Yeah, I like that the genre shifts. So if you might not like the genre of how or the feel of episode one, episode two has a different feel, and episode three feels like a fairy tale. You know what I mean? Like they, they like do that, shift yeah. the genre. So I yeah. do. I do think if one is, and again, that's part of the fun of it. I think is is if one is not for you, your your piece of cake is it your piece of cake your is your slice have of cake your, your, have your cake and eat it too no nah, I'm, 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 <laughs> let's just let's just pretend i said nothing about cake if you didn't like it you can go to the next episode yeah um so before we move on to skipping misses and getting to our our next segment i do just really quick want to touch on one more show that i liked and it okay. was the flight attendant season two on hbo max starring kaylee cuoco i did you watch season one or was that not I... on your radar I'm not Your the plane biggest <laughs> my plane radar. I'm not the biggest Kaylee Cuoco fan. Mm-hmm. So I because mm-hmm. of that, I kind of didn't want to watch it. But I also wasn't immediately hooked in by the preview for it. But I've heard it's I don't know. I've actually heard mixed reviews on it. So give me your give me your thoughts. Yeah. So Kaylee Cuoco is from Big Bang Theory. And, you know, so this is season one. She like wakes up next to a dead body in in it's this whole season plays out kind of like trying to, you know, solve what happened, solve this murder. And then so season two, there's a whole new espionage filled murder mystery, you know, unfolding around her that involves like perhaps a stolen identity, somebody pretending to be her. There's a lot of like fun espionage things and and mystery to it where there are constant twists. I, I really like the tone of the show, which is quirky. So I think that's what keeps it enjoyable. Like, I don't, she doesn't have to do such heavy lifting. Like, I do think she's a, a good actress, but I think by keeping it comedic and light, uh, and I don't, yeah, I don't want to discredit how much, you know, her talent or what she's doing, but I do think it's more enjoyable to watch than if this were just a straight drama or a straight murder mystery or like a straight thriller. It just has those elements, but keeps it very funny. And she, you just watch a character, like her character kind of makes, you imagine like meet the parents with like Ben Stiller. Yeah. Like you just watch a character make all the wrong choices. And like, I remember watching meet the parents and being like, why are you following <laughs> the cat out onto the roof right now? Oh you know, this gosh. is going to go terribly. It, it has that same feel where her character just makes all the wrong choices. And you like want to scream at the TV, like, no, don't do that. But that's kind of the makings of yeah. that genre, that like funny, you know, like seeing a character, knowing they shouldn't do something, doing it anyway, then seeing the consequences. 
but played out against a background of like more serious stuff like murder mystery. Um, and it just has some really good people in it. Like T.R. Knight from Grey's Anatomy is in it. Zosha Mamet from Girls. Uh, and Rosie her. Perez, who I freaking love. Oh, I love her too. Yeah, she's really good. She's really fun in in season one as like, like kind of, I don't want to spoil it. You should, I think you should give season one a shot. Okay. I don't think you need to have watched season one. So anyone who hasn't, you could probably dive into season two and pick up pretty quickly what's going on since they kind oh, of okay. re- they reset, you know, with okay. the, which I, I think is good. Like there, obviously there's some ties, but I think you could easily just jump right into season two. But anyway, there's only two episodes out so far. Uh, they drop each Thursday on HBO Max. So, you know, you're not too far behind if you decide to give it a shot. I'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. No, to everyone out there that you won't get to hear the misses of the week. Wah, wah, sound effect. Um, but we will skip right ahead to our segment of the week, which is called Criminally Underrated. <laughs> Criminally Underrated. All right, so we spend a lot of time talking about our hits, so we can kind of fly through these. What was your criminally underrated choice of the week, Rachel? Mine is Mythic Quest on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It just got renewed for seasons three and four, so I'm pumped. It's created by Rob McElhaney. can never say his last name, right? McElhaney. Who, McElhaney, Mac- yeah. McElhaney. Mm-hmm. I think it's McElhaney. Yeah. I never yeah. get it right. Um, he's the creator. He also stars in it. He's from Always Sunny, if you haven't seen that <laughs> um oh, it's always it also, in philadelphia is so good yeah yeah great. so good yeah. and it's just basically it's kind of like silicon valley plus the office they meet in the middle i guess um so they it's just all about this team who runs uh, or builds a multiplayer video game and it's like the biggest video game of all time and it's just basically about like their dynamics and they all have you know power trips and egos and it's that whole vibe <laughs> everyone's trying to like top each other and come up with the best new um i don't even know video game lingo but new like worlds i guess and uh it's, it's really good it's it's fun it's it's funny it's like lighthearted. it's just a show that you can kind of escape into and i don't know anything about the video game world so it's kind of fun to get a peek into that for sure yeah, I've only seen I a couple it. episodes of it. I need to pick it back up. Yeah, this is inspiring me to pick it back yeah, up. Yeah, and the, the cast is really good. It ha- well, he just announced that he's not coming back for season three, but it has um, oh. F. Murray Abraham in it, mm. who, who's in The Moon Knight in Disney, and David Hornsby from Always Sunny as well. He plays Cricket, <laughs> and da- uh, Danny Pudi from Community. But yeah, it's a good cast. It's really good. I mean, it's it's so quick to go through, and it's just very lighthearted. Which I, I like, like Rob McElhenney's character in it too. Uh, having only watched a couple episodes, he obviously plays like the guy in charge. And I, yeah, we talked last week about like bro culture and how I hate that on TV and like bro forward CEOs and all that. But it works in this show because it's a comedy and it's satire. So we're kind of he's like sending up that whole persona, yeah. which I I think is really fun to watch. He's really good at it. He he is so good, and his character Ian. It's spelled like Ian, but he pronounces it Ian, which I just love. And I know Ian's a real name, but I don't know. He just cracks me up. And he's very like macho and like muscles and doing push-ups in his office. (laughs) And that's how I feel watching Super Pumped and shows like that. I'm like, except that's not like they're not trying to, you know, make there's no commentary here. They're like, that's a real person. This is great because it's commentary. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Everyone should go watch it. it. Yeah. Um, and um, so mine is Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max, John Goodman from The Connors, Danny McBride from like every Seth Rogen movie, like P- Pineapple Express, he, who is also executive producer and a writer and director on the show, and Adam Devine from Pitch Perfect. It's a very funny, dark comedy about the Gemstones, a family of super dysfunctional televangelists. Like, you know, those mega churches, 
well, they run and perform in one of those. Uh, and it's really good. I Season two just dropped in back in January and season three is on the way. Uh, it's a really funny and easily digestible show. The satire is very smart and on point. And they kind of, you know, and I love John Goodman. I think he's so great and everything. Yeah. And he he's just kind of like the straight man as the head of the family. And just the wackiness is all around him with all the other characters. It's really, it's a fun, enjoyable watch. And I really like that they send up these me- mega churches because it's a very specific <laughs> universe yeah. that they really get into. And it's really cool. It is. So, I'm so happy you picked this because it is so funny. I laugh out loud when I watch it, especially with um, Judy and BJ. And like, they're just... The siblings, yeah. yeah. The sibling. Well, they're married, but Judy's one of the siblings. Oh, sorry. They just crack me up. I that show is so good, and I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. And the cast is amazing too. So I'm, I'm, ex- I can't wait for season three. Yeah. So clearly, criminally underrated. Uh, we we hit the nail on the head. We, yes. We ate the right cake. Whatever I was trying to say earlier. So what did we learn this week, Rachel? What we learned. I learned that Netflix is human after all. I learned that the Emmys are going to be nuts this year with Sienna, Renee, Viola, Michelle, Jillian, and Kaylee. And we don't even talking about the people we've talked about in previous weeks. We have Amanda, Elizabeth Moss, and her new show that's about to drop, Claire Foy from A Very British Scandal. The best actress categories are going to be stacked. That's what I learned. I love how you refer all, to all of them by their first name. Oh, everybody um, should be like Cher, one name. Yeah, exactly. Well, until next week, Rachel, let's go out there and get some misses. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, no misses. All right, see you next week. Bye. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at Pure Wow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a Pure Wow and Gallery Media Group production. <laughs>